0: Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with REMAX Results.
2: I'm going to go out and buy a house.
0: Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Yes, she is here from the Red Hot Real Estate Group from REMAX Results, Miss Mimi Shoneman. Hello, Mimi. Good morning. I am so glad to see you. Glad to see you. Also glad to have our friend Phil Olson from Cost Crunchy Mortgage on the phone as well.
2: Good morning, guys.
0: Hi. I just think you need to put us on mute there. That'll be great, and then we'll be fantastic. And, Phil, if you don't mind, we'll start with the pleasantries. Can you please give everybody your NMLS number? MLS238103. So, so much is still going on. I know that a lot of times you're going, okay, as we start into, and, and, and we were talking about this on a previous show, we were talking about the holiday season, quote unquote. Um, and we were talking, Mimi, about how things,
1: you'd go, well, maybe I want to hold off. And we're going, no, now is the time to keep moving, right? So, so here's what I think about the holidays. And, Phil, you tell me if you agree. Um, I'd say everybody listening, and pass this along to all your friends, but buy somebody that you no house
2: right for Christmas
1: that's better than those car commercials <laughs> I don't that
2: sounds like a great idea I don't, I mean, I oh don't, wow. want,
1: I don't want any sweaters <laughs> I don't want a gift certificate I would love to have somebody buy me a house think of the size of the bow you'll be able to put on it that would be amazing <laughs> absolutely amazing yeah So Phil is so funny. I'm going to tell you something. So Phil's out working in his yard yesterday and me and uh, one of our mutual clients are blowing his phone up. He's not talking to me. I'm like, dude, I need a pre-approval letter for our client. He's like, yeah, but I'm canning tomatoes and working in my yard. (laughs) As you should. You need to carve out a little fill time
0: every once in a while. That is fine. Because so. you both work so hard. I'm glad you're both taking a little bit of time to carve out some personal time as yeah. we you know, talk about self-care. and real talk, there is so much that is going on. And we know that these the steps, um, as we've talked about on previous shows, you guys are still just as busy as you were before. But now there are these, what do we call them, those COVID overlays. Like there's additional work and different things that we have to do to make sure that all of your clients are serviced appropriately. So you guys
1: are really on hustle mode. Say, Phil, you had a. we were talking before the show about a statistic of the... Uh, how much how much growth there was this year in the market and we still have months to go Mm -hmm. quote that stat for
2: us well per the black Knight report which is a report that comes out at the government level so far we've elapsed 5.7 million homes this year home sales this year compared to 4.8 last year
1: so i mean We know for a fact that when all the shutdowns happened, none of us knew what was going to happen. Right. But yet, people were still transacting. Mm -hmm. I remember here in the Twin Cities, we had a a listing go live the day of the shutdown. Right. And everybody was anxious because Mm -hmm. it was like, okay, don't really know what to expect here. This is unprecedented. But what that statistic is basically saying is real estate, people have an essential right and a need. to have a place to live right and you know that is why i think that uh the numbers are so strong and you know people are making choices now about where they actually did live and they're saying i'm working from home or i no longer go into the office what my space doesn't work for me here Mm -hmm. the way it used to and then you know phil what do you think about things
2: well, I, I think right now COVID has uh, definitely, it's, it's heightened the housing market. And I'll just give you an example. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that are living in apartments right now, and they're with 40 other families, and they're going, hey, this is not the greatest place for social distancing. And, I mean, I cannot tell you the number of renters that I've put into homes this year.
1: Right. Right, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if you think about it, with what what was your highest thirty uh, year fixed rate last week that you can remember, Phil?
2: Highest interest rate on a thirty year fixed. With the client didn't have the greatest credit scores; they were at three point one two five. Wow. Otherwise, we're otherwise we're hovering at about two and a half, two point six two five percent, five percent down on a 30
0: year fix. And we've been saying that it's been amazing. Like we were we were talking about like 7, 8 years ago when we were at 6 and you know, like 6%, thinking that that was amazing.
1: Oh my gosh. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my first house was 7 and a quarter and right. it was like skipped my loo because the you know a year before it had been like 9. Exactly. Oh my goodness, y'all, this is free money. And if you are living someplace where you're renting, you have at least got to have the conversation. Am right. I wrong Phil? Can I get an amen? <laughs>
2: I I would tell you, I'm always open to the conversation. And there's so many people out there that don't think they will qualify, but they actually do.
0: Right. I I mean, I, I remember like the first time I talked to Phil about these things, I was sure I'm like, all right, well, what do I need to do? You know, kind of thing. Like you talk yourself out of so many things. And then it's just knowing that you can work with somebody who has
1: a plan. You know, Mm -hmm. it it really is. It's just like, well, I don't know where to start. That's what I always hear is, uh, you know, I've had the thought, but now I'm afraid Mm -hmm. because the thought is bigger and it scares me. Right. And, you know, I've never done this before and... You know, I don't really I'm scared of things that could go wrong. And, you know, what happens if it goes wrong? Well, that's where Phil and I have done this many, many, many times. And we are watching out for the ins and outs and the and the nuances. And each transaction is different. But there are so many similarities, Phil.
2: Well, what I what I hear is I hear the same thing as you're saying, Mimi, is. People think it's so complicated, but when I tell them that they're going to work with a true real estate professional like yourself and myself, and we're going to take them from literally from cradle to grave, and then we get them their keys and they go, oh my gosh, I didn't think it was this easy. It really is easy if you're working with the right people, the right products, you you have the leverage between Mimi and myself to overcome the issues that we'll see because of our experience we we just bring a lot to the bring a lot to the table to the consumer
1: you know old old dinosaur stories <laughs> right here happening on the my talk show
0: <laughs> but i think it's also a matter of you being able to go no, I can tell you from experience that you are getting a proper deal for this. Because well, you know, one of the questions we had a couple of weeks ago was, uh, did we see the prices were going to go down? Did we, you know, and so being able to work with the two of you that have seen the upticks and the downticks and have to go, well, based upon not having a crystal ball, but based upon our experience, here's why we think this is a good move for you at, right
1: now. Let me ask you this question. Okay. So let's just say you and I are just starting to work as a buyer and realtor You and me, Miss Shannon. Yes. And we have gone out to look at properties and you have a small child and one on the way. Mm -hmm. Okay. And a husband. Yes. Okay. So that's what your demographic looks like in your household. We go look at houses and you see one that's got two bedrooms on one floor Mm -hmm. and another one on the lower floor. And you say to me, I only need three bedrooms. Is that good or bad? I, I don't think you're planning
0: far enough ahead. Like I would go, I think I need a bigger house because you want to be able to like,
1: you'd be amazed how much you just grow up into that when you have one kid. (laughs) So when you're living in an apartment or a small space, you never, it's really hard to picture bigger. Right. In my mind. Um, So a lot of times what I hear from folks that have that same kind of picture is that they don't want to put a baby in the basement. Right. So you've got to split the family up. Mm -hmm. So who's going to be on the main floor? Who's going to be in the basement? That is something that you don't think about. Right. And if you're also walking around the outside of a house or on the inside of a house and you've got a VA buyer, right, Phil? Not every house is going to qualify for For VA VA financing or FHA financing. You are looking for things that could cause disruption Mm -hmm. at a further point in the process. So you're making an offer on a house that we don't really think might not pass those inspections and so that causes a problem when the appraisal comes in right phil
2: exactly and, and i mean that's why when when Mimi and i are working on a project with a client and she sends me the mls i basically look at all the pictures on the mls i read the mls and then i ask myself the question is this going to work do we have potential pitfalls what are those pitfalls and then i'm immediately communicating with Mimi, saying hey we need to be aware of this. Does the consumer understand this? A lot of questions, but we try to t- tackle those things individually, her and I, so that way we can, we basically, the, the consumer can be calm and, and understand we have their back.
0: Right. Because otherwise, I mean, it is very daunting when you show up at that closing and you have all of these signatures that you have to be you know, put down. And you're like, you know, it, yeah. you really have to catch your breath and go, no, I've have the right information. They've they've you know, you you know, Mimi, me, me, we make, you know, you make jokes about all this all the time. And you and I because we are friends. But all the questions that you were like, well, did you think about this? Did you think about that? You know, oh. all those things, which just so that you can go into it by the time you get to the closing and go, yeah, I have thought about. All of these things. So you can go to it prepared so you can just breathe and enjoy once you actually close on this property.
1: So, you know, you and I have joked mm-hmm. privately yes. about how I, you know, maybe <laughs> cross the line to be a little bit. <laughs> Like your mama. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and not, I told you, it's all fine. I'm I'm fine. My, I may or may not be a little older than you. I'm not disclosing that. But not but, old enough to be my mom. Yeah, there no, you go. Not. Um, so anyway, you know, you can. And, you know, when you are friends with somebody and you got to look at them every single week, you, you maybe you do go a little overboard. You know, but when somebody's grown right. and they tell me, Yes, I, I'm good with that. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna I'm not gonna nag you about it, right. you know, because if you're grown and you have got pre approved by Phil, then I figure you know, you know your own mind mm-hmm. and you know your own needs. I'm right. gonna point it out once. Right. Um, you know, like the scenario about the two bedrooms on one floor. If that's gonna work for you, cool. Right. But at least now you've had the thought. Exactly. Exactly. So Phil, when we come back from the break, um I'd like to, to go launch into a couple of stories that you had this week. Um, I think you said you've got the story of the year, and we can't wait to hear that.
2: Story of the year is awesome. All right. Awesome, I- awesome, awesome.
0: I'm excited. You can also call in. You can be part of the show. The number is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the red hot real estate show here on my talk. One Oh seven one streaming on my talk. One Oh seven one. Dot com. Always reminding you. Sometimes we hit this information. You're like, Hey, that really resonated with me. I wish I wasn't driving and I could pay attention, but you can always find the red hot real estate show podcast. Just go to our page, red hot. You know, to my talk Dot com keyword red hot, and you can listen to it or share it with a friend or loved one. If you need to.
1: Yes. You know, we talked to a bunch of people this week that, um, are picking us up on the podcast yes. and that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, texting us about properties and that's kind of cool to have happen so thank you guys for uh, for doing that and for sharing our information Right, um, and we do have uh, Phil Olson here with us with Cross Country Mortgage and Phil let's just jump right into the story of the year. Here we
0: go.
2: Story of the year maybe it's even the story of my career <laughs> considering I've done thousands of transactions so a client Calls me about a possible refinancing their home. Uh, They currently own three, they owe $385,000. I find out after pulling credit that they have a balloon loan. Then I find out that they've got 560 months left on their mortgage.
1: Okay, let me pause you right there. Pause, 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 pause. 560 months. So a normal 30 year mortgage would be how many months? Let's break it down. Three hundred and sixty. So, so double. is what you're
2: saying. So I find out. I find out due to issues in the past, they fell on hard times. They did a modification, and the lender put them on basically a six hundred year, six hundred month loan. Wow. So, what was the solution? And oh, by the way, if you calculate the money out on three hundred thousand they'll pay $1.2 million for that home in the end. So here's the solution. I'm refinancing the client to a 20-year fixed mortgage rate at 2.75%, saving them a whopping $580,000 in interest. Okay? And I have never saved anybody $580,000 in my career. So I'm going to call this save the career.
1: Okay, don't you think they should buy you a house for saving them all that money, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: well, actually, get you, at least, at you a caribou you, card. <laughs> I'll, I'll let them. I'll let them do that for you, mean.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Because I love you. Okay. Well, that's that's kind of you. Five hundred and sixty months. Okay, so this is why I hate the word modification. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate because it. Because a day Yeah, it <laughs> oh. sounds
0: like it's. In your best interest. If you're um, like, you know what? We don't know where else to do. We're really strapped right now. You know, it does sound like, well, we don't have any choice. And so, then it's just a lot of times, sometimes you didn't get the right counsel. So you picked this thing, and now you're in a worse position than if you'd gotten advice by somebody else. So
1: here's what happened in the day, as I recall it. And, Phil, you can chime in, too. But when somebody was in trouble in the short sale, you know, era... They would call their lender and they would try to get a solution where, you know, they would try to get a lesser payment or, or a forbearance on the payment or whatever solution that the lender would do. But but what ended up happening at the end of that term, the modification, it, payment went up, interest went up, right. and the pain was worse. Right, Phil?
2: Uh, to be honest with you, I don't really think I've ever seen a modification that's really ultimately made sense for the consumer mm-hmm. versus the lender. Sorry right. to say.
1: So if if you guys are listening <laughs> and you know somebody that's had a modification that hasn't refinanced, they need to be talking with us because... Th- they're probably in a similar situation where some kind of wonky deal was done and they might not even know they have a wonky deal.
0: Right, because it's so interesting that even just the terminology sounds like it's in your best interest. And that just seems like we've talked about a number of these different Different scenarios and we have it's very hard to find when you are like, yeah You know what that was the best choice for you right then we understand and it's really difficult when you're in that scenario I understand you feel um, Lost and you feel exhausted and you're just going hey, what can we do to make this whole thing stop? This sounds like the idea And you just get yourself over a barrel when there are ways to kind of think about these things ahead of time and put yourself in a better long-term um, position.
1: Yeah, I, I had a client in Kenwood with a million-dollar beautiful home, and same thing. They modified, and it became worse. It yes. spiraled so out of control that it put them in jeopardy. And so if you know somebody that maybe had a short sale and they modified, I would say, Phil, they should call you and, and let you work some magic on this thing.
2: At least let me take a look at it right. at least at least I can inform them of the contract that they signed with the specific servicer or lender. And then we can ask ourselves the questions, what makes sense? What doesn't make sense?
1: Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, let's jump into what we were going to be talking about today, and that's closing costs. And I think that there's so much confusion about what closing costs actually are for. And I know for a fact that people are confused that they think that, okay, our closing costs, the same thing as my down payment. Right. How is that separate? So let's start with Phil on your side of the, the coin, the origination fee that's part of the closing costs. Can you explain that a little bit?
2: Sure. Some lenders charge an origination fee. At uh, at cross-country mortgage, we do not charge it an origination fee, but it's kind of pretty standard across the board throughout the nation. We see lenders charging a half a percent or one full percent or even more, and that would be 1% of whatever your end loan amount is. So if you've got a loan amount of $200,000, you are going to pay a 1% origination. That would be $2,000 that you're paying that specific servicer or, excuse me, that specific lender for them to originate a loan. Now, that's not the only closing cost that lenders will charge, though. Frequently, you'll see it's underwriting fees, processing fees, application fees. And with cross-country mortgage, we're a flat rate company. We're $14.95. So, for $1,495, I don't care if I'm doing a, an $80,000 loan or I'm doing a $1.5 million loan. We charge the same fee, 1495 And people might go, well, is that all you're making? No, because we're a direct lender to the federal government and to Fannie Mae and to Freddie Mac, we pick up what's called a servicing release premium. Basically, when we sell the loan, we'll we'll get paid money off of that. But that's not coming out of the consumer's pocket.
1: Okay, Phil. Well, let's just break it down one part at a time. So we, t- we covered the origination fee, and let's talk about underwriting and what is underwriting and what would that typically look like as far as a cost goes?
2: Your typical underwriting fee across the board or across the nation, somewhere is between $500 to $700. All right, what is the underwriting fee? That's actually to have the file underwritten by a delegated government underwriter. All your underwriters have specific designations, and they're, they're held accountable to the federal government. They're the ones that are actually going to review all the information that's finally presented and make a determination. Now, what, what makes an underwriter's life easy, though, is when we get findings back from either Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac that basically say you're approved eligible.
1: Okay, so the underwriter is kind yeah. of the the one that we want to please most. Um, we we want to make sure that they're getting everything that they need because they've got the ultimate stamp of approval whether the loan is going to go. And so. Um, Let's just talk one minute before we head into break about conditions that you would say that would come back from uh, an underwriter. What are conditions and what sorts of things could that stop?
2: All right. uh, Simple condition. Let's just say they presented a bank statement and the bank statement's cut off or the consumer blackens out their account number, which is a no-no. Or let's say in the bank statement, they see a large deposit mm-hmm. that the processor or myself didn't see. That could come back to us as a condition. Everything I've just said there right now is can, can normally be easily explained with a letter of explanation, though, and we would just provide a letter of explanation.
1: Okay. Well, when we come back from the break, we'll keep talking about conditions and some of the other things that go into making up the closing costs. And so, Phil, if somebody wants to reach out to you during the week, what's the best phone number for them to catch you?
2: They can always catch me at 651-238-6748, or they can email me at phil at com.
1: And Mimi, let's give him your information as well, please. 100%. Yeah, you can always reach me here at my talk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Keyword Red Hot. Yes. Or you can call us at
0: 651-578-2218. Well, we're going to have some more great stories. That was the story of the year. We appreciate you sharing that, Phil. And reminding you, if you have any questions, we always encourage you to be part of the show. That's 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on my talk 1071 and Streaming on mytalk1071.com. You can always find this information in previous shows just by going to that website. Just use the keyword "red hot." So we have Mimi here. We also have Phil Olson, and right now we have our red hot house. What do we have going on? Oh. <coughs> Your website with this particular property. Did you get a drone to fly over it? Because
1: this aerial view looks amazing. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. A drone is the only way to showcase a lake home. Yes. Um, but we want to tell everybody about this beautiful house. And in full disclosure, we did receive an offer first day. So we do still want you to check it out because it's a phenomenal property. All you have to do to get the information is text 139 655 to the code 25678 text 139-655-25678 the property is at 3155 81st street east in invergrove heights and this is a beautiful traditional stucco home built mm-hmm. in 1960 and it has been remarkably cared for it's got a brand new kitchen with thomasville soft clothes cabinets a light gray stain it's got a a beautiful, beautiful
0: flooring oh beautiful floor the
1: original hardwood floors but they've got a nice nice stain you've got three bedrooms on the main floor and two of them have beautiful views of the lake it also has a three season porch that's attached to the kitchen dining room area it a, has a great seating area outside as you look over the lake hot tub mm-hmm. 1.25 acres and we've priced it to go quickly as it has at three hundred seventy five thousand we are still having showings today so it's not too late to get on get in on this particular property and it is a remarkable location seriously 15 minutes to the airport Mm -hmm. you know about the same to get to downtown st paul so it's so commutable and all you're looking at every day and night when you come home from work is that beautiful lake. Yes. And it is just peaceful and serene. Get out there and roast your hot dogs and some s'mores on that fire pit. Hang out in the hot tub. That's what Phil would do. He'd be like hot tubbing it all the time. You might not ever get a pre-approval out of him.
2: Oh, come on. I'd be out on the lake fishing.
0: (laughs) Fair
1: enough. Yeah, whatever. And that means he could take
0: his phone with him. That's okay. And so
1: that is our featured Red Hot House of the week. Let us know what you think. Give us some feedback. Click on that link and say we love it.
0: Definitely, definitely. And Uh so we do have, we did an amazing, like the, the story of your career, that absolutely amazing story. So, Phil, I believe you have some other things you wanted to share, right?
2: Well, I'd like to share that the Olson team is moving from our corporate office to my brand new office in Cottage Grove at 7155 Jorgensen Lane. It's the old state farm office, and we're converting that into a beautiful New offices for my staff and I for cross-country mortgage.
0: Wonderful. I hope we get to have a lovely socially distanced uh, tour of the building very soon. So you're going to move in that very soon. You don't have to work out of your home anymore. Congratulations.
2: Thank you.
1: I'm sure it's going to be beautiful. absolutely great. But you know what? It's going to have fish hanging up on the wall, I predict. Do you have mounted fish?
2: Uh, Oh, yes, I do.
1: Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I think you should give away a boat. (laughs) <laughs> As a grand prize, um, you know, doorbuster. I was just gonna say you could let some people
0: <laughs> come through and maybe like sign the fish plaque or something, oh, like yeah. the inaugural. <laughs> yeah, have a plaque they could I, sign. I, Mimi thinks big, Phil. So I you am do in you. abundance mode <laughs> yeah. today. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate. It. I was thinking too small. Uh, too, <laughs> but Phil, I think that's fantastic. That you actually, I mean, it shows that you were moving in a a very positive direction. If anybody is wondering about, hey. Am I with somebody that, as you said, Mimi, in abundance mode? That is in growth, you know, uh, has, has is in growth mode. Definitely, Phil and his team over there for Cross Country Mortgage—they're definitely doing that, and that's fantastic. Congratulations, Phil!
1: Thanks. Okay, Phil, let's tell a story. Um, let's talk about your purchase of the month, which was a, a first-time homebuyer story.
2: Awesome, awesome story. So, client is buying a home for three hundred and fifty thousand, putting only three percent down was turned down by another lender because they could only qualify them based on 5% conventional, and they were offering the consumer 3.125%. Well, they were also told that their income exceeded the median income average of $79,000, meaning they would not qualify for a first-time homebuyer program. Unfortunately, the client, well, the clients fortunately called me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I came up with I came up with a solution, and the solution I came up with is there's a program called Home One. There is no m- median income, uh, average requirement. Gotcha. They're allowed to go with the income. You could go up to one hundred and forty-four thousand dollars combined family income. My clients were making one hundred and ten thousand. I ended up getting them a 3% down conventional loan, 339,000. In the end their rate was at 2.875, which was better than the 3.125 being offered. And oh by the way, their offer did get accepted. And I'll be helping them here move in by the end of the month wow. in a brand new house.
1: Okay, let's just break that story down. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's just say that when they went to the first institution that they just accepted that at face value mm-hmm. and then went on to renting and increased rent and increased rent. Why, Phil, why, Phil, were you able to do that and they were not?
2: Here's what I will tell you. There are so many lending institutions that only have so many specific products. Secondly, you you have to understand that your mortgage originator is the one that's going to help you find those specific programs. And if your mortgage originator isn't as skilled as, say, I am, then guess what? They're leaving crumbs on the table that should be offered to the consumer. So because I've been in the industry so long and I understand all these products and I understand all these different lenders out there, I'm able to bring a lot to the table to the consumer.
1: And so... The moral of this story is you've got experience, you research all kinds of programs, and programs are constantly changing. Right. And your company also has more products. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Okay. So always get a second opinion. Call and get a second opinion. Don't stop at no. If you know people that have been shot in their tracks and said to stop,
2: mm-hmm.
1: call, fill, and get a second opinion. Right. It doesn't hurt. And you might catch him in the yard gardening. <laughs> so he can give you some tips on that too. Or washing
0: his boat, right? But that's the point: is that so many of these things, is it a is it a no, I can't, or are you going to talk to someone like Phil that says, "Well, here's how you can later," exactly, right? Because yeah. sometimes that's the answer. Uh,
2: mm-hmm. I, I think there. I think it's also more to it. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes um, mortgage originators, I hate to say it. Are, are looking for the quickest solution so they can move on to that next consumer Gotcha. where I'm actually going to sit down and I'm going to ask a lot of questions. And my clients always say, Oh my gosh, Phil, you asked lots of questions. Well, the reason I ask questions is I want to understand what are you trying to accomplish and what is out there that would help you accomplish that and give you the biggest bang for your buck.
0: Right. And in this
2: situation, in this situation, um, I think they were they were basically told you need to put five percent down because you make more than seventy nine thousand four hundred. It's not true. There's other programs out there.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, you just got to find the program and and you know just don't let just don't let no stop you. Um, always think about how am I going to get around it, over it, under it. Right. It, there's got to be a way, and you know at least pick the brain of people and get a second opinion. Yeah, you know? asking questions doesn't cost you anything. Exactly. Mm-hmm okay phil well let 's jump back to our our subject matter of what the heck are closing costs um, I, I know I get that question a lot, even if you 're not a first time home buyer and it 's been a while since you bought a house. You forget what 's all lumped into that category, and we right. talked about uh, origination fee, underwriting. We talked about conditions. So that's after the file goes into the underwriter. And like Ms. Shannon, you might've had this happen to you where they say, we need new bank stubs within the last 30 days. Uh, because when you first, uh, did the application, it may have been longer. And so what, give us just one more example of conditions and then we'll move into processing.
2: Um, a condition could be that, the underwriter's calculating the income different than say the mortgage originator, and maybe the uh, underwriter has a question on income to where we get a more detailed verification of employment from their current employer.
1: Okay. Well let's talk about processing. And a typical dollar amount for our processing fee, if it weren't a flat fee company, would be three ninety five. So what goes into processing, Phil?
2: Processing is where we gather up all your documents, we review all your documents, we partner with the consumer requesting more documents, we then gather all the federal government documents, we get the verification of employment, we get the title, we get the appraisal. Basically, my staff does all this stuff with my clients, including myself, to where we have a package ready T's are crossed, I's are dotted. So that way, when we present that package to the underwriter, our objective is to come out of underwriting approved with as few conditions or a clear to close.
1: Okay. And clear to close is what we all love to hear. Right. It means that, hallelujah, the day is done and we're going to close. Everything's finished. Um, let's talk a little bit about the application fee, Phil. And if it weren't a flat fee company, it would be somewhere around $300. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. What goes? What What does the application fee go to?
2: Uh, application fee basically goes to the company for spending the time of pulling credit, doing the application, spending the time analyzing all the data. Um, it's. It, I don't. I mean, I see it on a lot of good faith estimates that I review. But normally people's fees are anywhere between, say, 1100 and 1600 across the United States that I see pretty common.
1: Okay. For a flat fee, including everything. Correct. Okay. And then last but not least, before we head into the break, um, the appraisal fee, averaging right around $500. And so tell everybody why they need an appraisal and how appraisals are handled.
2: All right. So let me, let me say the following. Appraisals could be anywhere between 500 to, I've seen them as high as
0: 1500.
2: Okay. Uh, An an example of that is like a 1.5, 2 million, 3 million dollar home. It takes that much longer for the appraiser to do the work. Right. On an investment property, on an investment property, you could be looking at 750 because the appraiser has to do what's called a rental analysis. Okay. Which is like a double appraisal. Your standard appraisal throughout the Twin Cities right now is running five to $600. What does appraisal do? It does two things. One, it determines the value, apples to apples, based on comparables that have sold within the last 90 days. It also determines, is the property viable? Meaning, does it meet the requirements? Does it have issues with the home that deal with safety or the integrity of the property? And if the appraiser sees something that is a dangerous factor in the home, that will be highlighted, and then ultimately, it's up to the lender, and of course, it'll be up to the consumer if they want to move forward.
0: And Phil, that's still different than a home inspection. This is an addition too, right? Completely-
2: the home inspection is is something that the the real estate agent and the consumers will do. Mm-hmm up front. I strongly encourage it. It, To me, it's kind of like buying a Ferrari and and not taking it for a test ride. Welcome
0: back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on MyTalk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Miss Shannon here with Mimi Shoneman from the Red Hot Real Estate Group and Remax Results and also Phil Olson from Cross Country Mortgage. So happy to have you back on the show. Just demystifying what goes on with closing costs out there. Well,
1: you just bought a house, and, you know, this is like... I would like have known it, what
0: it was. I I bought, this is my second purchase. Yes. And if you had asked me to list what was in the closing costs from the first per- purchase, I did not know. Yeah. I just knew the blanket term, and you'll put quotes around it, of closing costs, but I didn't know what it broke it, it broke it broke out to.
1: Yes, and so, Phil, a good rule of thumb for closing costs, for people to just kind of use as a benchmark, it's not perfect, but 3% of the sales price is usually a pretty good average, right? Phil?
2: I would say that's that's a very good average especially if the purchase price is over 250 or 300. Unfortunately though, if you're buying say a $65,000 home, you can't use the three percent rule. You're probably closer to four and a half or five percent. okay. And
1: if you find that sixty five thousand dollars house for sale, please call me. <laughs> <laughs> we would like to hear that amazing. Miracle we would love to hear where you house. found right. it yes. And Phil, let's talk about these institutions that are promoting no closing costs. You know, there's no free lunch, mm-hmm. right? And so how do you explain that?
2: All right. So what a lender is doing when they're offering you a no closing cost loan. And I wish, I wish they couldn't say that because it's not true. Basically, you're telling the consumer, Oh, there's no costs. No, there are right. And what they do is they build it into the interest rate. So let me give you a hypothetical. If you paid your own closing costs five percent down, you'd be at 2.625 percent. Then again, you don't have the money to pay the closing costs. You only have the down payment. Well, in that scenario, you're probably going to be at 3.5% or 3.625%. Now, if you do the math on that, in other words, you try to determine the break-even on that, your break-even point is probably five years.
1: And so, So in that
2: situation, go ahead.
1: No, and so, you know, this this really goes to the consultation. So you're, you're presenting options. So if you don't have the money for it, and, you know, that 3.625 is a great rate. Are you kidding me? And then maybe you talk to grandma. You can get a gift from a family member, right, for closing costs, Phil?
2: Exactly. You can do that, or you can withdraw from your 401K and pay it back as a loan. There are so many options out there to help consumers find the down payment. Uh, I would say last resort is to do a no closing cost loan. I think they're I think they're big money grabbers. Sorry to say for lenders and servicers.
0: Okay, yeah, it's a, you know, just because they sound like a better deal than they are.
1: And Phil, if if somebody wanted to do one of those loans with you, they probably could, right? You would probably not advise exactly.
2: it. Exactly. Well, I mean, here's the thing: the the good thing about that is. Under Minnesota law, there's no prepayment penalty. Okay. So literally, I could help them finance a house at 3.625. And a year down the road, I could help them refinance down to 2.75%. So they could refinance out of that higher interest rate. But the three point six two five three and a half helps them get the keys for the house. Okay. And ultimately, that's what the consumer wants. They want the keys for the house.
1: Right. Yes. And you know, anybody all day long will agree that three point six two five, even though it's not the lowest, is still phenomenal. Exactly. Right. Okay. Well, let's just quickly, in this last segment, Phil, talk about prepaids and escrow's. Those words sound so foreign. So let's just talk about escrow. Yeah, nobody seems to know what they are and and why you have them. So let's start with per diem, and you can explain that.
2: Per diem is the interest that you're going to pay from the date of closing to the following first of the month. Okay, Understand, so let me give you a hypothetical. We buy a house, and our closing date is November 15th. The way mortgages work is you're going to pay interest from the 15th through the 1st of December. Then you do not have to make a mortgage payment in December. You skip a month. Now, you might ask the question, why do you skip a month? Under federal law, there's what's called a servicing right. And the servicing has to be set up for the loan. So what they've done is they've automatically told the servicers, you have to take a delay to get your act together to make sure that you can send out the correct mortgage paperwork to the consumer. Okay. So they will actually skip a payment. They'll skip the, the November payment, which they pay at closing and per diem. And what is that? That is just the interest that you pay on a daily basis.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Well, let's talk about our veterans out there. Um, so for our VA vets with disabilities, how how are their uh, prepayments handled?
2: Uh, well, their prepaids are handled in, well, two different things. One, you need to understand there's what's called a VA funding fee. If you're a disabled veteran, that's waived. Secondly, veterans need to know if they purchase a home in Minnesota, the state of Minnesota is going to give you a discount on your taxes. Now, at time At time of closing though, you're not going to get that discount. Okay. What you have to do, what you have to do is you have to meet with the county VA administrator. Every county has one. Dependent on the percentage of disability will determine how much of a reduction in taxation you're going to receive. Once the paperwork is filled out with that VA administrator, they will then send it on to the VA. They will also then send it on to the county and automatically your taxes on your property, property taxes, will automatically go down as a, as a percentage of the disability.
1: Gotcha. Okay. And we have two more minutes, and we would just want to cover what escrows for taxes insurance is.
2: Escrows for taxes and insurance in, I'm going to use Minnesota, they're due, they're paid in April, they're paid out in October or September, but they're due in May and they're due in October. So, if we're going to set up escrow square consumer, we need to make sure that there's enough money put into this quasi-escrow account, which the, the consumer owns. It's held with the servicer. Every month, the servicer collects taxes and insurance. That goes into that separate escrow account. It cannot incur interest. So, in other words, the servicer cannot make any money off of that. And so- Excuse me.
1: That's and just, then
2: basically what happens is the taxes and the insurance get paid out because the insurance company and the county sends the tax statement to the servicer.
1: And so you do this as a as a convenience for the consumer. And so they're not having to think about it. And and also so that the lender is covered uh, for accidental forgetfulness. Correct. Yeah. So your taxes broken down over 12 months and your insurance broken down over 12 months. Paid out of this fund, correct, Phil?
2: Correct. And every month it changes because it's prorated.
1: Mm-hmm. So, how do
0: you know that they paid that bill?
2: Uh, they will know that they, pay, or they're going to know at time of closing because right. they're going to see it on the closing disclosure gotcha. that the money was paid out by the title company. But then the consumer, as they're in their loan, they will receive statements from the county, they will receive statements from the insurance company. And right on those statements, it will state this is not a bill. They are escrowing.
1: Right. Well, how do we get a hold of both of you during the week? Well, you can reach Phil at call call PhilOson.com. You can reach me, Mimi, at MNRedHotRealEstate.com. All right. And we'll find you soon here at MyTalk1071.com. Keyword, Red Hot.
0: Thank you both.
2: Paying bills on time? Oh, yeah. Not maxing out credit cards? That's what I'm talking about. Learning what credit utilization is? Yes, give yourself credit. You can reach some pretty big goals like home ownership by taking small steps like those to build up your credit. Get started by leveling up your credit knowledge at FannieMae.com slash That's FannieMae.com slash credit education. Home ownership, here you come. Hey.